Welcome to the Marcia Miyake Show, where our mission is to share thought-provoking ideas, practical tools, and tangible strategies to up-level your life, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Marcia Miyake, leadership and emotional intelligence consultant, executive coach, and conscious mama of two. Through solo episodes and interviews with experts in the medical, research, business, and spiritual fields, this show helps you to shift from the illusion that success in one area of your life means failure in another to the understanding that you truly get to have it all. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to be here. How do we identify the smartest person in the room and why does this even matter? Well, if you have a personal brand or you have a business or you just care about the way that you are perceived and you want to increase your influence, you want to listen to this episode. So basically this is for everyone. The reason we want to understand who the smartest person in the room is because we want to move past the illusion and the facade and the pretending that tends to happen when we put a bunch of people in the same room. And obviously, when it comes to being mentored and you know having collaborations with, etc., you do want to partner up with the person that actually has the genuine influence and authority, i.e., this isn't the person who puffs their chest out the most, is the loudest person, and therefore you think they have the most influence, often it is the quiet person who has the most influence. I mean, it was recently in the media how there was a girl, she was an influencer. I want to say she had over 2 million followers on Instagram and she launched a t-shirt company and the t-shirt company sold nothing. Yet, I know some incredible entrepreneurs that maybe have 200 followers and are multiple seven-figure entrepreneurs. Why? Because they actually have the business skills and they have the influence, i.e. they know how to connect with the right people and they have genuine relationships. So let's get into the list. So number one is that they have nothing to prove, okay? So when someone has to prove that they are the smartest person, it tends to manifest in the way that they speak or how loudly, or maybe they interrupt people, or maybe they have to speak first. And really what that's signaling is that they need to have that external validation because they don't truly have the internal validation, i.e. they don't have the confidence and maybe they know that they're not the smartest person in the room. So they have to pretend and masquerade as if they are the smartest person in the room. They're wanting extrinsic validation versus intrinsic validation. So if I'm intrinsically validated and I know that I am smart, I'm good at what I do, there is less of a need to portray it out in a public setting. The person who is tends to be the smartest, most competent person doesn't need everybody else to recognize and mirror back that they are so smart and great at what they do. Okay, now there's one aspect to consider and that is that this is obviously situational. For example, if you're at a conference and you're doing networking, this would be applicable, i.e. nothing to prove. So you wouldn't be like boasting about everything that you've accomplished and all your accolades and qualifications. However, you 
We don't want to take this mentality when we are in an interview setting, when they're literally, they need to hear about how good you are and like all the things that you have achieved. In that context, you would, because you would need to highlight and demonstrate why you are the best candidate for this position. But outside of that context, and now you are just networking, maybe you're at an event, by you feeling like you need to share all of your wins, it's actually going to highlight, especially to people who have are successful already and are already very intelligent and they have met with a lot of business people, like this is going to be a big red flag that you actually don't know what you're talking about and that you are just trying to prove yourself and that's not going to give the perception that you want. Number two is the smartest person or the successful person tends to have a lot of patience. So one way to look at it is that when you are super smart, you tend to catch things before most people. Like you understand, you catch the joke, you get the intended message before a lot of people. And then like other people catch, oh, that's what you said. And the smartest person already knew that. And they have been this way their whole life. They understand concepts really quickly. So they're kind of used to waiting for other people to come to the conclusion. When you are impatient, not only does it show a lack of empathy, but it also shows like, again, your need to communicate, like you've arrived there already, like you've understood this concept. And that just actually highlights an insecurity. The other thing is with someone who has a high level of patience because they're very intelligent is they also have the people skills to understand that, hey, I may be really good in math and that's why I came to that answer quicker. Or maybe I'm really strong in language and that's why I understood this concept quicker. But you might be kinesthetically a lot more advanced than me. And I may not be able to catch, you know, a ball like you can. So we are all talented in different ways. We are smart in different ways. Some people can hear things like auditory learners. They just hear someone speaking, boom, they understand everything. For me, I need to write things down. And like, basically the moment I can write it down is pretty close to when I can start teaching it. Like that's how quickly my, my brain picks it up. But if I'm just hearing it and I don't get an opportunity to read, to um, write it down, like my ability to retain the information, even if I'm reading it, I don't retain information like when I'm writing it out. So having a high level of patience tends to demonstrate that someone is also very intelligent. Number three, and this is super important, is that they know how to speak about their craft. And when I say speak, it can be speaking like how I'm speaking now or writing, free flow writing about their craft. Now, the reason I included this in the list is because, you know, with the rise of AI and the rise of the online space, and obviously through Google, we have a lot of, you know, incredible information just at our fingertips. Like if you think about, you know, past generations, how they had to go to a library to find the one book, to find the one quote, like we have millions of quotes at our fingertips just like that in a fraction of a second. So having the information doesn't mean that we are smart or intelligent, but being able to communicate the information in our own way does. So we see a lot of... 
I don't know what the word is, whether it's um, not influencers because they're not really positioned. Oh, thought leaders. So thought leaders in specific spaces or coaches and teachers, and they just never show their face. And it's always like some digital like version of them teaching doesn't necessarily mean that they have, you know, ability to speak on their craft. And I would say that that's almost a red flag. Now I came from the academic space. And so, oh my gosh, I hope I don't offend anyone, but uh, I worked with a lot of academics who, you know, weren't very exciting to listen to, but obviously we had to sit through the classes because hello, that's the nature of getting your degree, but they could still speak about their craft. So the fact that some people don't speak about their craft and can't speak about it in a way that is authentically theirs is a red flag of, do they actually know what they're talking about? So it's, the information and the knowledge and can they speak about it in a way that's original to them they're not just regurgitating a video or something that they learn like bullet points and they're just saying it exactly like that do they have their own voice in it so when you're able to say it in your own voice in your own tone and not just repeating the words of somebody else demonstrate that this person actually knows their craft. And that is actually a sign of intelligence is how well someone can explain something back in their own words. So one of the things I used to do in university was I used to mentor a lot of students in my same year on specific subjects. So they would see that I was doing well in the class and be like, could you help me out? And yes, of course, I want to help them to be a nice person. But I also understood that as I spoke the words myself to them, communicating in a way that I could get them to understand, I was not only becoming a better speaker and a better teacher, but I was ingraining it and really embodying that information myself. So The teacher would say it one way, my brain would understand it, but some of the students in the class wouldn't understand it because of the way or the language or the context or lack of examples or whatever, they were not understanding it from the teacher. So I had to learn to pivot my words and to find different combinations and to communicate, to put stories in it and to make it so that it was understandable. And I would get feedback from my other students, i.e. my friends that would be like, oh, now I get it. And it was because I simplified the message that was maybe overcomplicated from the lecturer and I just made it very simple. Okay, and number four, it's that they are a good listener. Okay, so this is going to tie back to emotional intelligence too. Like obviously if you're highly emotionally intelligent, you understand the importance of letting the other person speak. The research says that When someone feels heard, so if you ask good questions, right? So this is a tip also to like coaches or if you're in sales, it's like when you ask really good questions and you're really sitting and listening and then you're communicating back what you think you have heard. And I often say, let me know if if like what I'm saying is what you said. Did I hear this correctly? Did you say, and I will say it back. And I let the person do like at least 70% of the speaking, Those people perceive the person who asked good questions and created the most silence as the best communicators. It's not the person that wants to talk the most. Sometimes the person that wants to talk the most sounds frantic and desperate. 
And when we use so many words and we're not mindful of our words, our words become not valuable anymore. But when we choose our words carefully and we can slow down and we can help the other person feel heard, our words become so much more powerful. And then on top of this, there's a reason that smart people or the most intelligent person is a good listener. How do we learn? Do we learn by speaking or do we learn by listening? We learn by listening. Think about, okay, so going back to university, I know a lot of people hate on it and do I think you need it to succeed? Absolutely not. Is it a waste of money? I don't know. I think it depends, right? It depends on your view of it. If you want to believe that you going for a four-year degree, even a 12-year degree, like degrees um, was a waste of your time, well, guess what? That's what you're going to see in your life, that it was a waste of your time and that you're, you know, 30 to 100K in debt from this education. So whatever you want to believe is true. But one of the biggest lessons I got from my studies was just to be a good student, was the discipline of just going back to the work. So when I first started university, I was behind. I was that person that hadn't done all the advanced classes in grade 11, 12 to get into university. Like I barely scraped by on the minimum You know, it was so in Canada, you have like the advanced and like the basic. And I was, you know, advanced at the beginning of high school. And by the end, I was like, just give me a class that I will pass. So I was not taking the units that would prepare me for university. Now, there was years in between me finishing high school and going to university because I became a hairdresser. I did all these things that were crazy. And then I decided to go back to university. So it was also several years, right? But what it taught me was that this was hard. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy my economics class. I didn't enjoy my accounting class, but guess what? It taught me that if I didn't sit down and do the effing work, I wasn't going to get the results. So it taught me to study. It taught me to focus and it taught me to listen because we would have between one hour and one and a half hour lectures, three hour workshops on a specific topic in business. And sometimes it was really cool. And sometimes it was boring, but you had to sit there and you'd have to get good at listening. And if you did not listen and you were distracted, because I remember trying to do other things, I'd be like, I'm just going to listen to my lecture that was even online, even then. I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to be doing all these things and then I'm going to be good to go. Well, when it came to answering those questions, guess what? I hadn't retained anything. And this is why, you know, for our avid podcast listeners, do yourself a freaking favor. And once in a while, if you're a busybody and you're like driving while learning, cause you know, two birds, one stone, like if you can just calm the F down, sit down, grab a pen and take notes, you will be so much wiser for it because we can't actively listen while doing something else. We can passively, and there's definitely benefits to that. So I'm not negating that altogether. For sure, you are putting good information into your brain. You are having certain words, certain language, certain energies being your normal vibration because this is what you're taking in on a day-to-day. So like, definitely like kudos, but if you want to learn something 
and you want to be good at something. You can't just be listening to it passively. You have to be an active listener. So the most intelligent person in the room has gotten really good at listening. They have no problem waiting their turn to speak. They don't care. So another sign for me, like when I'm in conversation with someone or I'm I'm hearing an interview or listening to a conversation, if the person is always frantic to get their point across, like they're like, oh, sorry for interrupting, sorry for interrupting, but it's like every two minutes, I'm like, okay, so that person hasn't fully learned to listen, to take down that point, and then to come back to that point, which is a craft and an art within itself because you do your your speaker is saying something that you're like oh my gosh I I want to I want to make a point of that I want to highlight that and you have to like place it in your mind and still be present enough to hear the person speaking to then pull on that point later when the time is right and that is why successful people or very intelligent people are amazing listeners because that is how we learn. So I want you to reflect on this. Remember, as always, I don't want you to be passively listening. So let's go back through the four points. You have nothing to prove. So if you catch yourself being like, I need to like say, you know, my point, like why? Why are you doing that? Is it because your your point is genuinely going to add value, in which case put your hand up and get your voice across? Or do you just feel like you just you have to show that you know something? Because that's coming from scarcity and that's coming from lack of confidence, not genuine confidence. Number two, have patience. Are you always rushing to the point or can you be truly present with someone? So patience to me relates to presence because if I'm fully present in the moment, there is no rush. I'm not racing to the finish line with you. I'm just here in the now and I'm listening. And if I'm communicating a point across or if I'm in a lecture and I'm listening to things, uh, I'm not getting upset or like feeling like, you know, other people around me are dumb because they're not picking it up at the pace that I'm picking it up at. We have to understand that people are intelligent in different ways. Academic smart is just one, you know, one form of smart. There's some academically smart people that, my gosh, not too clever in other ways, have zero street smarts, right? Like you wouldn't put them in the hood anywhere because they wouldn't survive, right? At all for a second. But then you have people there who are very street smart. They're very in, like in tune with their instincts, right? And they may struggle in traditional academic school, right? Or how about people who are so good with their bodies? Like my son, he's three and he just picks things up so quickly, right? And that's something that I have picked up on. He's not picking up like numbers like Aaliyah did when she was three, right? But we're all like, we're all growing at different rates and we all have different skill sets, So we need to be patient with ourselves and with the people around us. Number three, my gosh, if you are an expert in a field, go practice speaking on your craft. Just record it in your phone. Do a voice note, record, get used to sharing your ideas, communicating your ideas. Don't hide behind a screen. Don't hide behind, you know, other people in the meeting room like, oh, they're going to they're going to communicate the point. Get incredible at communicating 
your craft because that's how not only will you be seen as an expert, but that's how you will also build your confidence to speak on your area of expertise. And number four, be an incredible active listener. Not only will people like you more, not only will people be like, she is a bomb ass communicator, even though you were quiet for 95% of the time, you will become smarter by listening to the people around you. Sometimes I like to hang out with my friends. So I have a couple girlfriends, you know, uh, very successful businesswomen, and we catch up with our babies. And we'll like just be sitting talking and half of the time, one of us is like chasing a child or doing something, taking a child to the toilet or whatever. But I just love listening to the conversation and to the the challenges that we have in our businesses, because I know that I am learning, even though that problem is not specifically mine, or even though I might not even have anything of value to add in that moment, I know that I am learning by just listening to the conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. If you love this episode, please share it with someone. And if you're a longtime listener, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would rate and review this show on iTunes. I love you so much and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And remember, it's not only possible to have it all, it is your birthright.